Hello and welcome to Reach and Reflect, a podcast where we interview guests from both traditional and alternative life paths with the aim of figuring out, for the benefit of our audience, where they find fulfillment and meaning. Salman Hatta has seen a thing or two. The child of two immigrants, he worked his way into Wharton through great diligence and ended up working as a banker before the crash in 2008. Suspecting he was living someone else's life and not his own, Salman decided to seek greener pastures in the Silicon Valley tech world, where he quickly learned that his place was not there either. Salman performed a leap of faith, leaving Silicon Valley to become a digital nomad before joining an organization called One Heart that focuses on bringing plant healing to what I like to call recovering type A's. As always, we ask our audience to check in with how well this guest resonates with you. Resonance may be a sign that your path or purpose is along the same lines as our guests. Thank you. And if you enjoy this episode, please leave a rating or review. Done. Welcome to the show. Uh, This is Reach and Reflect. It's a podcast designed to give people a map of life. We'll be doing so by interviewing people who've achieved a respectable position in a domain of their choosing um, and have them kind of tell their stories for us, going through the highs, the lows, really highlighting how they got out of the lows, and then getting deeper into areas that we don't really talk about as, you know, even friends, much less people, which is where do you find meaning and fulfillment in life? Um, you know, this is an... A bit of a weird podcast in that we actually have a participatory uh, component where we actually are going to invite our viewers to really pay attention to all of these stories and ask themselves which guest resonates best with me such that they might find someone that can point them in a direction that they might feel like is worth walking towards. Our guest today is a friend of mine named Salman Hatta. He has had a very intriguing life. I'll do my best to sum it up, um, and then we'll get into it um, from your point of view. But, you know, my understanding is, like, you kind of went down the traditional path. You checked all the boxes, Mm -hmm. went to a good school, good grades, um, you know, business school, right, at Wharton, Mm -hmm. which is extremely impressive and takes a lot of work and dedication to get into. And after that, you got into tech, or maybe there were some jobs before that, but you ended up kind of in tech mm-hmm. um, and have since gone a completely different direction. Um, so, you know, we'll dive into that in a second. But before we do, I just want to give you some context and set the stage for um, how I'd like this to go for our viewers. And, you know, if, if possible, do your best to paint me a picture and, and dive deep. Um, again, the goal here is to address questions that, you know, everyone is grappling with, but no one's really talking about. Sure. Awesome. Thanks, Derek. So, um, without further ado, could you tell me about your current position in life? Like, what are you doing now? That's a great question and, and one that I continually ask myself. I, at this moment, am exploring a number of different ways to contribute my energy and time uh, to create joy, meaning, and purpose in my life, 
and joy, meaning, healing, and purpose for other people. So at the moment, I work for an organization called One Heart Journeys, which is a company that was founded on uh, creating transformational retreats for people like myself and others who consider themselves successful type A types. Uh, And these people end up going on week-long retreats to places in in Central America, like Costa Rica and Mexico, to find meaning within themselves through the power of different healing modalities, most particularly plant medicine. Um, I work as a journeys director, which is a role that encompasses um, retreat production, coordination, and logistics. And I, and I work with a small team there. It's basically a startup of people who have found success in the corporate world, in the startup world, who founded companies and found meaning through plant medicine and want to encourage that um, for others like themselves to be able to dive deep out of their heads and into their hearts. Apart from that, um, I've been exploring other projects and opportunities. Uh, In the past three months, I spent quite a bit of time in Bali, Indonesia. Um, This is coming after a, a period of nearly a year as a nomad, having left my job, my corporate job in San Francisco, and found that Bali resonated the most strongly with me um, as I'm exploring myself as an artist um, and a creator and a maker. And and so um, I've been dabbling in fashion design and jewelry design, and now I'm I'm exploring um, my creativity, creativity in music as well. So there are a lot of things formulating in my head. I've given myself the space after so long uh, being stuck in the corporate world um, to be able to to really dive in deep. And uh, my my own personality is that of 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 a very curious person, um, and so I like to dabble. I like to explore. Um, and so what this time um, I'm intending for it to be for is 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 for me to to really try a bunch of different things so that I can dive deep into one or two things that really resonate with me as I as I continue to live my life with intention and purpose. Mm. That is um quite different than the original path you walked on, correct? That's correct. My original path started out with me um you know Going to college, doing well in school. I went to I went to USC uh, in Los Angeles and and studied business, particularly finance. Very, um, very traditional corporate um, path of education. I ended up getting my first job out of school in investment banking. I did three years working eighty hours a week Oof. doing investment banking, making rich people richer, helping them sell their companies doing work that was entirely soulless to me, uh, not finding meaning in it and, uh, finding myself pretty miserable. And, uh, that was, that started in 2006 Hmm. and in 2009, I find myself out of a job thanks to the financial crisis, which ended up being probably, um, the best thing that could have happened to me. It was such a blessing in disguise. I, went on a two-month backpacking trip to Central America as soon as that happened and then came back to um, apply to business schools because 
I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do at the time and found myself in a position so fortunately that I was able to get a job at the very place that I wrote my business school essays about. Whoa. Which was the International Finance Corporation, which is the the private arm of the World Bank, um, because I felt that with my finance experience, I wanted to continue that and not drop it completely, but I wanted to do it with purpose and meaning. And I really loved the idea of helping um, helping people in de- developing countries uh, improve their financial position. And so this was international development mixed with finance. I somehow was able to get uh, a job there uh, thanks to a dear friend of mine from high school. And I ended up moving to Washington, D.C. from San Francisco. Spent two years there. Spent a year abroad in Dubai living a a pretty nice expat life working in finance. Um, and then I moved on to business school. Hmm. Did two years at uh, the University of Pennsylvania at the Wharton Business School and uh, thought that I was going to move into either a fur- furthering of the international development world or getting into travel. I ended up doing neither and <laughs> moved back to San Francisco working in uh, a very um, old school tech company which I didn't really enjoy, and then find myself in the fintech payments world. Spent four years there before I realized that there was actually more for me, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's when I decided to to make a, a pretty drastic change in my life, which I'm navigating through now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that sounds like a total you know ninety degree turn to me. Um, so I I'd like to you know, rewind a little bit Mm -hmm. and discuss kind of your childhood and really see if we can, you know, trace back whether any of your interests or your current situation, like, can relate to you as a child. Like, maybe we could start with your younger years. Mm -hmm. What was your family like? Are there any of your parents' interests that bled into you? I had a very unique childhood as I now realize having had spoken to so many people about their own, but I guess everyone has a very unique experience. So I'm not, I'm not special in that way, but I grew up an only child to two immigrant parents from Indonesia and Malaysia. I was born in San Francisco and I ended up being homeschooled from kindergarten through fifth grade. My parents were very religious. Uh, I came from a Muslim background, Muslim household. So I uh, grew up with uh, a lot of those values, and uh, they kind of shielded me from the rest of society in some, in some way, in some degree, um, because they, they knew what they knew, and they wanted me to uphold the same values and cultural expectations that they had. So I was homeschooled from kindergarten to fifth grade, which, um, which meant that I didn't really have a lot of exposure to uh, other children and uh, in, in school and have and 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 experiences related to just a, an American upbringing. So I didn't actually play sports or had hobbies. I didn't do any arts and crafts. Um, the traditional Asian uh, expectation is for uh, for children to do really well in school and mm. get good grades. And uh, I did that. I read a lot. So I ended up being pretty pretty intelligent i guess you know i I've, i worked on i worked on that aspect of my personality but not so much else um and then when i got to high school which i ended up 
going to a public high school in San Francisco, I found myself also doing really well in school, but but not really having too many um, interests outside of that or hobbies. So I'd say that the way I have reacted now at 35 years old, wanting to create, wanting to make art, wanting to play music, wanting to do things that are outside of the grain, I guess is a bit of a reaction against that this is pretty, pretty mm. kind of maybe like a, a late rebellion of sorts <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, you're just 21 years late it's never too late it's never too late <laughs> i get to explore as 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 late as i want because honestly the um the inner child always resides within us and uh it's never too late to bring that out mm. wise words um so I, I take that to mean that even during college the same pattern of you know not uh, giving into or developing your creative aspects continued. I, I had, yeah, I had more ambition then. I took a guitar class, for example. Um, but in college, I was more interested in rebelling for social reasons, and in high, because in high school and prior to that, I was quite sheltered from uh, having. Uh, from being able to hang out with friends um, or, you know, girls, anyone of the opposite uh, sex. Uh, in college, I was more interested in developing a social life because I was actually quite sheltered and, and, and nerdy back in, back in high school and, and prior to that. So the, my college years were about exploring, traveling, um, partying quite to quite a large degree, um, and not taking the time, which meant I wasn't able to take the time for myself to, 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 to pursue ha hobbies or pursuits um, that are a little more artistic in nature and a little more intentional in nature. I was also, I guess I also, one thing to mention is I grew up in a household that wasn't full of abundance, financial abundance. And so when I got to college, my focus was also about finding you know, doing things that allowed me to have more of that in my life. Mm. Um, so, um, so that's why I took the business route and studied finance mm. um, to allow myself to have a, um, a more stable financial life and position to be able to support myself and support my parents. Mm. Interesting. So, yeah, so there seems to be you know, um, you're indexed very far on like the intellectual side of you, then not indexed very far on the financial abundance end. And then those started rebalancing as you got into your older, well, let's call them middle-ish mm -hmm. younger years, right? In college. Um, yeah. Um, one, one thing I'd like to zoom in on for our, our listeners who might be in similar uh, scenarios is like, did you have any key like aha moments when you realize like, oh, like I really do want to make sure I can support my family or maybe my social life is lacking. Here's how I'm going to, or when, well, like, when did you notice that? And when did you decide to make a change? I don't know that there wasn't actually, actually an aha moment. It, it all happened gradually and organically. Um, I'll say that the most pivotal moment for me during college was when I 
decided to study abroad. And that was, uh, that was when I realized that there was, um, there was more to life. I mean, financial abundance is important. We all want to be able to feel safe and secure and, um, and that we get to have what we want, what do we desire, um, without feeling any insecurity about it. Um, when I, when I had the opportunity to live abroad and experience life through the eyes of other cultures, that's when I really got to open myself up. Um, when I got to really expand my world horizon. And that was when I decided actually that there is more out there for me than necessarily just making money. Mm. Um, or necessarily just rebelling in a way that I felt was, was, um, was something that made me feel good because society expected me to, to, to be a certain way, to, to make money, to be successful in the successful, um, stereotype, um, that I wanted to do more and experience more in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so the seed was planted around college when you started experiencing other cultures and uh, value systems, right? Value systems, cultures, personal experiences. Hmm. Um, you know, dabbling with dabbling, dabbling with uh, entheogens started then <laughs> as well, and um, recognition that that the box that society puts us in um, isn't, uh, isn't, isn't everything in the world. It's, there's more to it than that. And there's more of a feeling of connection and connectedness that I got to experience starting with the experiences that I had traveling the world. Mm. And I think that that formulated a lot of my own personal worldview um, since then about, about what I wanted to, um, how I wanted my life to play out. Mm. And, um, and, uh, and, and why, why I rebelled so much against that shelteredness that I was, uh, that I, uh, I was exposed to, or I was, I was encouraged to have things to my, my parents limited per- worldview. Um, it encouraged me to break out mm-hmm. and, and, and think that, and believe that there's more out there. Um, for me to experience and for me to actually create. Hmm. And so, so it sounds like this kind of began, um, you know, in college, but as you mentioned, after you got out of college, you went into banking and these more traditional, as you say, like kind of type A, um, positions. So what was going on there? Like, what was your mindset when, you know, you had these new experiences, you said, this is the connection I'm seeking. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you get back from them and what, what then? Yeah. So it, it was, I, I had these ideas in my head. So I, that's very chronologically will go. I had my study abroad experience in senior year of college. And then I knew I wanted to travel the world and have kind of a global life. Uh, at the same time, I get back and graduate from college and find myself finding a job that was secure and safe, which was an investment banking job. And there, there was such a discord in my mind, 
like a like a cognitive dissonance of me wanting to be abroad and wanting to explore this you know the 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 richness of life and that was contrasted with me sitting in a cubicle for 80 hours a week (laughs) (laughs) feeling trapped but knowing that i'm what i'm doing what i was doing was setting me up for the ability to have more meaningful experiences in the future so um i struggled with that for a while but and uh i knew at some point there was i knew that what i was doing wasn't right for me Mm. like i knew i didn't belong there like i knew i had the brains and the intelligence and the and the hard work ethic to get to that point and that's where i got you know how i got jobs in finance and went to business school but i knew that there was actually more out there for me to do Mm. um that didn't necessarily put me in that box Mm-hmm. But I, I think for safety reasons, for, again, I think probably because of the way I was raised and the way my parents were, um, there was some inherent trauma around risk that mm. um, risk tolerance that I had, which kept me in, in those types of roles, mm-hmm. knowing deep down within me, inside of me, that I wanted to do something completely different. Mm. And how did, how did this feeling of knowing you want to do something different begin showing up in your life? I, in bits and pieces at first, uh, because I knew there was, there was a level of safety that I, I, I still wanted to, to, to hold on to. And when I mean safety, I mean financial security. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of like one of those, Financial security is uh, is is uh, is one of those building blocks. I think uh, it's a fundamental need for not everyone, but for me it was. You know, I I've, I associated it with my root chakra in terms of just that is a like a, a very vital kind of kind of thing um, that I felt important to honor myself with, mm-hmm. and so. Um, and so I, I, I was able to explore these other desires and, 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 and wishes um, to be more expressive and be more expressed in, in different ways. And that's, you know, eventually it was, it was through getting away from the finance world at first, hmm. you know, give up a really good income and security doing banking work because at the time I knew that was really what was, you know, my peers were doing because it yielded the most, you know, revenue, the most, most income Mm -hmm. for them. So I gave that up to do something completely different. And, um, I was, I started moving away doing things that I felt were more interesting yet were still kind of solid in terms of the, 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 the the job security and the job types. I moved from finance into tech into things that I found more interesting to me. So I moved into the uh, travel world. Mm. I got a job in a, like a big travel company because I love to travel. So I found little ways to really express myself. Um, and then when I found myself having, having the ability to, um, to kind of take, take, a, take a, a more meaningful look at my life and also finding community that were 
a community of people who also felt the same way as I did, like mm. having been in the corporate world for a long time and then finding that that wasn't really resonating with them anymore and didn't want to be in a box. It gave me the confidence and courage to go out on a limb, which led to me um, starting my journey. So I started my, my real journey in about a year ago, February of 2019, when I quit my job in the corporate world to travel, explore, discover, become a nomad, take part in different um, retreats and healing activities. I got a yoga teacher training, uh, 200 hour. I, 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 I did many retreats um, through One Heart Journeys. I explored what it was like to create through experiences at Burning Man. I learned other ways to um, to uh, to help others. I learned Reiki. So it was just really like a confluence of different things that I felt comfortable doing because I had built up that courage and also that um, that uh, that ab that abundance enough for me to be able to to go out and and not feel like I needed I needed to be held in in that corporate container. Mm -hmm. This is really interesting, and um, so it sounds like there is more of like a gradual build up and a slow move certain directions, right? As you held on to this, like um, you know, you use the term root chakra, and I don't know if all of our listeners or viewers will be um, are familiar with that term, but the way I like to think about it is, it's like your innate sense of security, and it's almost like if you're familiar with this psychological Maslow hierarchy of needs, mm -hmm. it's like can you eat? Do you have a roof over your head? Like, do you have your basic needs met? And then once that's there, then you can go out and do all the other stuff. Exactly. Um, so it sounds like you're balancing that with this like ever growing, like slight discomfort, like I need to go do something different. Yeah. Right. And, and it's interesting that you've had a gradual path because a lot of, you know, other people who are in that same community have had like a very jarring, like fucking I'm done type experience mm -hmm. um so it's really cool to hear like a, a different take that still is ending up with you you know moving to a very different path um and so it, it sounds to me like it required not only that build-up but then the support of those around you who are willing to you know be like yeah you know make the jump right um and so that's that's really important you know i just want to highlight that you know maybe life isn't always, you know, for some people crazy ups and downs and it might be a more gradual with many little bumps in between, um, leading you to wherever you need to go. I think, I think that's fair to say, um, everyone's journey is different. My journey was what it was. And looking back on it, it was, um, it was gradual. It, I'm portraying it as gradual. Hmm. But at the same time, there was also a very abrupt jump. Oh, can we go into that? Yeah. Well, it's it, you know I I feel like I feel like I'd have a more robust story of a gradual move away if I actually had more of an intention um, to uh, to move away from what I was doing before into something that I was building. But to be honest, and I think going against the grain of conventional advice and wisdom, which in the, in the, you know, in the traditional corporate world, um, career advice sense 
is don't leave your job unless you have something you're going to. And I didn't. Mm. I left my job to just give myself the space to go explore and to do. So in that sense, it was quite abrupt. I, I was making six figures at a, at a fintech startup in the Bay Area. And I said, you know, I am not quite feeling this anymore. I'm not quite feeling the, the nine to five, nine to six, nine to whatever grind of uh, the day to day. And I want to explore something else. And I'm not sure if that's going to be a forever thing, but it's something I want to explore right now. So I decided mm. to make that jump um, and quit my job. And I didn't have a, I didn't have a, I didn't have something else to go to. It wasn't like I was building something on the side. Mm. Um, I was kind of, but it wasn't that, that project is kind of more of a passion project and it wasn't actually yielding me anything. And I decided to just make a leap and, um, and surrender into the arms of the universe and to see what happened. I was, so this was in February of 2019 over New Year's, just a month earlier, I had gone on a transformational retreat, my first one with One Heart Journeys, and that led to um, me feeling like, okay, I'm going to surrender to the universe. Because part of what I did for that, in preparation for that experience, was to read a book called The Surrender Experiment, um, authored by Michael Singer, who also wrote The Untethered Soul. Mm. And The Surrender Experiment is his biography of... Um, basically his autobiography of him just surrendering and deciding that he wanted to build a meditation center in the woods of Florida. And over the course of the next 20 years, so many things just happened to him, invitations and requests that he surrendered to basically all of them. I'm sure a lot happened in between, but ended up becoming the CEO of a publicly traded company. And it's just a fascinating story of what could happen if you Mm. just allow, um, allow things to flow to you and for you and not resist. And so I decided I was going to just be in that state of allowance Mm. um, and surrender and um, to let things unfold. And unfold they did. I found myself getting invited to become um, a more... Uh, you know, uh, uh, like to take a bigger role in 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 this in in these transformational experiences and these retreats, and that's why I've been part of this one heart journeys journey for so long <laughs> uh, until now, and uh, and uh, finding myself in beautiful places all over the world, mm. um, surrendering to invitations from friends um, to join them, and that's why I continue to find myself flowing at the moment. So I'm in. I'm, I spent two months in Bali on October, November. Then I spent a month in Thailand to do a Vipassana retreat. And then for our viewers who might not know what's okay. Vipassana. Um, so just a little pre-context to that, my intention for 2019 was to just discover and explore and learn and, and, um, and, uh, and to, and to experience, uh, different, different ways of connecting with myself. Um, so plant medicine, particularly ayahuasca was one big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, other types of retreats, another, I did a yoga teacher training, which was powerful. Vipassana had been on my mind for a while because I had friends who raved about the benefits of it. And Vipassana, for those who don't know, 
is a type of meditation. So there's a Vipassana course. Uh, it's a 10-day meditation course. And it's a type of meditation that the Buddha um, was known to teach to his followers. And, uh, and it is essentially about sitting, sitting for at least an hour at a time and noticing the sensations in the body and feeling these sensations and not having any attachment or aversion to them. So um, the course teaches anybody who wants to join um, how to perform that practice and mm. that, tec that technique of meditation. And it takes place over 10 days. It's a silent meditation retreat or course. So there's no talking and it's actually quite strict. There's no talking, there's no writing, there's no reading, there's no exercise. There's nothing one can do outside of meditation, um, eating two meals a day and um, walking around com in complete silence and noticing that everything in the world is impermanent. So mm. there's this concept of a Nietzsche, which is impermanence and it uh, resonated with me because as a, as a long time um, attendee of Burning Man, one of the 10 principles is impermanence. And this is something I got to experience firsthand by noticing the sensations on my body, whether it be painful or pleasurable, would go away. And so mm. there's no reason to hold any attachment to thing that's pleasure, things that are pleasurable or have any aversion to things that are unpleasurable because they're going to go away anyway, just like everything in life. And once you can remove any sort of feeling of attachment or aversion, then you remove suffering. Mm. So you, you can be, one can be at peace. And mm. I did this Vipassana retreat in Thailand, six hours northwest of Bangkok, and it was a pretty powerful experience that I got to um, allow myself. And again, something that I don't feel like I would have been in the position to do had I been working a normal job. And, um, and it's something I, I, I got to take away and, and, and still, still practice to this day. I'm not great at it. I don't make <laughs> a ton of time for it, but, um, but it was part of my, it's part of my journey and it's a continual exploration of how to really live a, 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 a purpose, purposeful, meaningful life that I find is fulfilling me in ways outside of the normal societal make money, buy a car, buy a house mm. type of expectation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I want to get more into that in a little bit. Um, but before we get too far away from this, I really want to zoom in on like the moment where you decided to quit. Yeah. Um, and first go into like, what was your state of mind at the time of quitting? You kind of mentioned like, you're like, this isn't for me, but like, mm. and then, um, so not only like before quitting, but then also right after quitting, like mm -hmm. what was that period like? And, um, Let's let's try to take it chronologically for anyone who is um, maybe considering making a similar type of jump. Yeah. Lay it out and like a, here's what to expect or at least for you, like here's what happened with me. Sure. I I had been grappling with this decision for some time, knowing that I so in 2018, 2018, I started a new job. Um, February 2018, I started a new job and the day to the, like the one year anniversary of the day I joined that job was the day I quit. Whoa. <laughs> it wasn't intentional when I joined, obviously, like I didn't join a company to have the intention to leave it so soon, but 
over the course of 2018, which was a very pivotal year for me, I went through, I went through a breakup, um, like a month after I, I had this new company, I, I joined this new company. Basically like a lot of transitions happened for me that year. Mm. Um, I was in a nearly three year relationship, which I knew was, was, wasn't very solid. And I was unsure how far along that would go. Mm. Um, I moved to a new place in the city in the beginning of that year. And basically in March, April timeframe, I decided that I was going to make some changes in my life because I, things weren't moving along in the way that I, w I, I wanted them to. So the relationship dissolved. I found a new roommate. And in May, I ended up going to a music festival, a very small one where I met an incredible group of people who to this day have been such a strong part of my life and have impacted me in ways that I couldn't even, I've, they've completely changed the course of my life. Mm. Um, they were mindful, conscious. They were, um, I, they did things that were really pure of heart and it was just a great conscious community that I ended up joining. And um, through them, I learned about different, you know, um, I had a lot of friends before who were very much stuck in, in the world I was in because I had gone to business school. And this was four years past business school. And a lot of my friends were in business school, from business school, had these corporate jobs. And so that was the community I was surrounding myself with. And then I found myself in the community of people who were doing things more in the therapeutic world or were entrepreneurs or were exploring different ways to sustain themselves. Mm. And their personalities resonate with mine quite a bit. And um, so that was an initial impetus for me to kind of start exploring, oh, what other types of life, you know, yeah, could you, I find myself in? You got a sneak peek of like a whole new way of living, yeah? Yeah. And, and a support system. Mm. The support system was key, mm -hmm. right? Because if I were to just jump away and like not have the people around me who would understand and it would be able to, you know, I could speak to and, and, and have support from, then it would have been, been really difficult. So the first part was having that support system. Um, the second part was really having a, a strong desire or impetus to, um, to, to do something different and how that formulated was I had been going to Burning Man. This was going to be my fifth year going to Burning Man. My friends and I decided to build a camp that year. I hadn't done any project that was bigger than helping build a camp. And uh, at this point, we built it like an entire art project. And I was the lead on creating lighting. Mm -hmm. And I had never done it before. I created an entire beautiful LED uh, dragon um, that I decided like I I had to from scratch figure out how to create how to light up how to power all that and so it was the first real big creative project that I had mm. working with my hands designing things leading and um, and logistically coordinating everything at Burning Man bringing it back and it just felt so right that creative outlet that I had and seeing the faces of people light up when uh, when they saw it and we built a a, a, a ramen noodle bar made mm. of wood 
beautifully designed. People saw it. They sat there. They ate the ramen. It was delicious. They saw the sign. They were so impressed. It was like, wow, I had the power of creation. I never knew I had it in me. I have, mm. I have, an, I have, a, I have the gift of an artist along with my friends, of course. I mean, we did this all together, but I had, I had a big part in it. And I felt that that just lit me up so much in contrast to what I was doing in my corporate life. Mm. And so when I came back from Burning Man, I had a conversation with my manager and said, I don't think I'm going to stay here for very much longer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, I could have left that day. And this was in o- September of 2018. Uh, but we had a conversation about it. He was very gracious and very understanding. And uh, we arranged for a transition plan that allowed me to leave on the very first day of my first uh, anniversary. Hmm. Uh, That's so appropriate. Yeah, exactly. So uh, in the tech world, it helped out a lot because I was able to vest a little bit of my uh, stock options. And I was able to uh, to, 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 f- to fund my bank account with a little more of a, a buffer mm. um, and in the meantime give myself a little time to, to figure out what I wanted to do next so mm. that um, that worked out well that mm. worked out better than just jumping off and not knowing what to do mm. yeah. yeah so to just to replay this for our, our viewers so you had this kind of like you know um, spark that lit the match moment when yeah. you were like tasked with creating and if people aren't familiar with Burning Man, it's literally in the desert and you have to build from scratch your structure or whatever you're going to survive out there for a week under. And you built a ramen bar and like this crazy dragon. I saw it. It was awesome. Um, and or at least the, the newest iteration of it I saw. Right. Last. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Same iteration. Oh, same iteration. All right. <laughs> we didn't really do, do too much work to it last you, year. You don't have to. It's beautiful. So anyway, so you're, you're, you're tasked with like, you know, creating something from scratch that is meant to be artistic and like a communal space to bring people in. And like yeah. that, the way you saw people's faces light up, right? Yeah. Like, like and then so doing all that and like that's the reward for you doing so and putting like, you know, using that other hemisphere of your brain rather than your logical, you know. Right. I didn't know I had a right hemisphere. <laughs> I didn't know I had a right brain until that point, until that time when I was, when I was really, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was forced into it. I wasn't forced into anything. I wasn't forced into that either, but mm. it was something I wanted to do and felt resistance to doing anything of the sort before, but I found myself doing it and found myself just feeling really, 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 uh, grateful and rewarded for doing it. Mm. And that was something that I, creating experiences, I realized creating experiences for joy for other people's joy was something that really meant something to me. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, managing customer relationships in the tech world didn't really do it for me. So, uh, giving myself space to do something else that allowed myself to, to create, to create those experiences was something I, I felt really compelled to do. And when I left the job, uh, finally, um, I knew that that experience of creating joy was something that really resonated with me. But I also felt that I needed to give myself a break. So to answer your original question, what happened afterwards is I left. um, I immediately got on a plane to Costa Rica. I spent some time with some friends. um, Went to a beautiful festival called Envision Festival, which happens at the end of February. And uh, and from there, kind of traveled quite a bit throughout Central and South America um, just to do just to explore, just to take some time for me. Mm. So 2019 was a time for me to explore, discover, 
and uh, and be. Mm. And uh, I wanted to give myself that space. Um, and I don't know if I'm jumping jumping too far ahead. You may have a question around this, but my 2020 um, is about is about creation. It's mm. about creation of of those joyful experiences. Mm. And it can be joyful or more for healing, but um, but it's about creation and hustling and 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 making my dreams happen. Mm. That's that's beautiful. Um, before we're diving in, so the next section where I kind of want to like analyze like that path yeah um but before that so it sounds like you were able to take time for yourself and you were able to do so by you know actually still utilizing that left hemisphere and planning it out with your manager and you know communicating clearly your intent you know and your your interchanges and in doing so like you were able to craft like a smooth transition out that was then able to support you through this or at least partially part of that was able to support you through this year of self-discovery yeah Cool. I, yeah, I just want to like spell it out for for viewers because it's not always like, yo, just jump. Like it's like, okay, you can smooth the process. Like there's a balance that needs to occur, right? Or it, you can smooth it out if you do balance. You know, the plan with. Yeah, and and I was fortunate to to have been able to smooth out my process mm. and to smooth out the you know the the jumping off point for my journey. Uh, I don't know that everyone has that luxury oh, or, yeah. or, or, or liberty, but I would encourage anybody who's listening to this um, to have a bit of a plan. Um, I personally, I love the idea of living in flow and surrendering, um, but, w- but one gets to do that with some, some, some guide rails. And I think the guide rails will help um, allow for the, for the flow and the unfolding to happen a little more smoothly if, if, if you put those guide rails in place. And so for me, I did that by, um, by planning out when I was going to leave. And that allowed me to, um, for just, you know, practical, for practical matters, just allow my rent, uh, my, uh, my, my 12-year lease on my apartment to play out. So mm. uh, I didn't have to deal with that. I didn't have to deal with, uh, and then I could figure out like where to store my stuff and then plan out where I was going to go next and at least get a little more buffer of uh, income. And, and so that just helped things, you know, um, help things along um, mm. for me to, to then have the space. Otherwise, you don't want to have the clutter of, of, of practical practical you know requirements of, of life to to impact the journey if one wants to take on a you know a spiritual journey mm. um and uh, and go explore and spread spread their wings mm. it's better to be unencumbered as much as possible mm-hmm. yeah and i'll also say you know i didn't i wasn't in a relationship at the time i don't have a mortgage i don't have car payments so for me to be able to do this, you know, I don't know how easy it is for others mm-hmm. to be able to do this um, because, uh, because life is different for everyone and everyone's liabilities and debts and obligations are all different. Mm-hmm. You know, you may have a family situation that, that wouldn't allow for this to be able to happen. And I'm actually discovering that at the moment mm-hmm. that um, as an only child, to to older parents who aren't the most independent in the world um my 
my nomadic lifestyle may may soon come to an end as responsibilities start to pile up. Mm. And so just sharing that because there are realities um, of life and um, it's important to honor those responsibilities um, because one can say that they're going off and becoming more spiritual, but that actually that actually is imp- is um, is represented and reflected in the way one shows up to those important and who depend on them, mm. important to them in their life and who depend on them. And I'm realizing this now with with my own family. Mm-hmm. That's really important to call out. I I think it was like the Dalai Lama who said, "Once you become enlightened, you still have to do the laundry." Yeah, Um, and what did Ram Das say? Ram Das, bless his soul, rest in peace. He said, "If uh, if you think you're enlightened, spend seven days with your family. (laughs) Spend spend a week with your family." (laughs) Amen, man. Yeah, so that's part of my spiritual journey too. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm actually here in San Francisco. In between, gosh, I was in. Bali, Thailand, Mexico, and I'm in between Mexico and Costa Rica right now. But a uh, a um, a request for help from my my dear my dear parents um, brought me back to San Francisco. That's which is why I'm I'm able to come here and do this podcast with you. Cool. Well, yeah, that's a bit of a blessing in disguise for us. Um, but yeah, and also, yeah, really really important to highlight that this isn't like a you know middle finger to the world type thing, right? This is. You know, you're discovering yourself, but does it mean that you need to push everything else away as well, right? There's room mm. for both, it sounds. Um, or at least there, you know, it sounds like it, it behooves you to do both. Absolutely. I, you know, in the course of my own experiences, and I've done nearly 20 separate ayahuasca ceremonies in the past two and a half years. And that, along with Burning Man, have been the most transformational experiences of my life and have changed me and shaped me to where I am now, Mm. where I live my life with intention, purpose, meaning, um, selflessness as much as possible and love and showing and expressing that love, um, comes out in many forms and, one of the hardest things for me has been able to express that and show that um, to my parents. Um, mm. I don't have the closest relationship with them, and they've been, you know, they they and I have had a, a tumultuous past of me not uh, living up to their expectations of a very religious and traditional son. Um, and uh, you you're know, sitting here with a pierced nose, and how many? <laughs> things in your wrist <laughs> very expressed i've become very expressed with my with my appearance and this feels right to me and uh only until now have my as uh my parents just come to accept it and it's oh it's uh yeah um i uh and it, it better be now i mean i'm 35 years old i'm not gonna <laughs> I get, to, I get, to, I get, to, I get to be an independent um, whole person, um, <laughs> or at least I hope I do. Uh, I, I tell myself that, but I believe it's because of so many years of rebellion and re- and resentment to them that um, 
that was expressed before that has been transmuted through all of the work I've done, all the personal internal work I've done, a lot of which is thanks to plant medicine and the journeys that I've gone on and a lot of internal downloads and insights and perspective shifts that taught me that the only thing that matters in life is love. You can be as rich as you, as, uh, I don't know, Elon Musk, Richard Branson, anybody, and you can have everything in the world, but if you lack love, if you lack love for yourself, if you're not expressive of love to others, um, if you're not respectful to others, then, then nothing really matters. Like, you're just going to feel empty. And, and so the first people that I found myself needing to love more were my, were my parents. Mm. And so I started uh, expressing that more in person. And when we talk on text, I, would, I didn't used to say I love you to them. And oh. then I started saying I love you to them. Mm. And they started seeing that. And they started knowing that and feeling that and receiving that. And it's just that shift where, you know, I may not be their model son from their expectations through their upbringing, through their traditions, but I'm there for them. And I think that's important. And that's, it's part of the work. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think that's helped them to accept all the different changes that have been going on through my life. Of like, okay, he's not working a normal job anymore. He pierced his nose. He's got long hair. <laughs> we don't really know who he is or what he's doing, but he loves us, so that's okay. Well, well, shout out to them for you know coming to terms with that. You know, I have to imagine it's very difficult for you know it sounds like very religious and more regimented or rigid types of folks to see this and be like, okay. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and you know a lot of it's uh it's shared in in bits and pieces i don't i don't get to i don't get to be completely uh transparent with them uh, mm. you know for 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 reasons of protecting them and and you gotta you gotta feed them small bites at first yeah uh, you got to meet people where they are. Got to meet people where they are, and some pe- some people aren't ready to hear the whole truth, mm-hmm. and 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 see and see the full expression. Mm-hmm. But I've I've been very blessed and lucky to feel that I've been able to share as much as I have so far with them. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I think that's probably a challenge some people have. Mm. A lot of people have um, who are on this path and 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 do things that you know some people in society, the more conservative people in society, may not necessarily look highly upon <laughs> yeah some stuff is very off the wall for that group of people for sure yeah um well i i couldn't be happier to hear that you know that's a why you're back and then b that they're able to come to terms even if you are maybe spoon feeding them um the fits and pieces <laughs> <laughs> which is fair um it's important to share the truth and speak the truth Another thing that I've that I've a bit of wisdom that I've come across in my in my time, um, because if you hide yourself, then who do, who really do you really do you really know yourself? Um, I mean, if, if you're hiding if you're hiding yourself from the world, mm. and uh, and so for me it was always a challenge of like having two different lives: one that I showed my parents and my family, and one that I live outside of that <laughs> and i think a lot of people can identify with that but it's been it's it's, it's always been, and, and some people don't because they're able to be themselves completely to 
everyone in the world and and just live their truth completely um and that's an aspiration i have and uh it's something that i've been continually working on and uh it feels good it feels mm. good to, to not to not be living a you know an imposter life <laughs> to some to some people in society yeah that's huge and i think we really hit on like one key point which is you know tell the truth um to ideally everybody yeah um and then one of my favorite philosophers says it's always better to tell the truth even though it might cause short-term conflict in the long term it's the right move because if there's conflict, that means there's something that's unaddressed and needs addressing. And yeah. if, it's, if it's your truth, and this is my own bit now, your own truth is never wrong. You know, if you're, if you're really honest with yourself and with those around you, that, again, that's why in the long run it'll work out. Is because this is, well, what you, what you are actually experiencing internally. And you, underneath all of this, underneath your job and your position in society or whatever is um, another part that you hit on, you know, really, really well with your parents and that, that you're expressing this to them is that underneath all this stuff, this outer shell, these masks that you put on is a core of love. You're just mm -hmm. this big ball of love that's looking to be expressed through certain ways. And um, so it's really important to, I think, come back to that and realize it. And it's so cool to see that as you start expressing that to your parents, they're able to respond in turn, despite their like background and like religion, which is great. Like religion is just like really crazy where people aren't religious. Like that's like your way of life. And they're able to still embrace you with open loving arms because you showed that to them. Yeah. And it reminds, I think it reminds them of what they really are and what, you know, what we're all really doing here is doing our best to, to love those around us. Um, so that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's all a feeling, you know, you want to evoke that feeling of, of love at all times and religion can get in the way because it creates boundaries and restrictions that are thought out, um, that you place judgments on others because of these rules that are, um, that someone decided was, uh, was the way to live a life. Um, but ultimately if you're not hurting anyone, if you're hurting yourself, if you have good intentions, you operate out of love, then you get to be whoever and whatever you want to be. Mm. Um, it's something I've realized. And uh, my expression of that for myself, I think, has been received pretty well with others around me. Of course, I have a community of people I surround myself with that believes the same thing, so that helps um, but it's also resonating more and more so with people who I felt, um, wouldn't understand so much, particularly my parents. Um, mm. so yeah, there is, there is something to just, uh, emanating, emanating a feeling of love at all times. It's powerful, very powerful. And I want to get into that in the next section. Um, we keep skipping ahead, which is totally fine. Um, I'm, I'm Apologies for that. Oh, no, don't be. like. I'm, I'm glad this is all I'm like... Probably rambling quite a bit. Uh, that's what this is for. Um, and it's all, and I think it's all really, you know, at least to me, it's deeply touching stuff that, again, no one's really talking about, right? Everyone's like, how do I get the next thing? Like, what's the next hustle like? 
yeah. how do I become Elon Musk? Like, da, 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 da. Um, while he's out here trying to fill like inner child voids by building cyber trucks. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so this is great. We're kind of weaving this theme of, you know, love and, and open communication. And anyway, um, but before I move on to like diving real deep into like meaning and that, yeah. um, I want to like ask you, like, if you were to look back on your life path, like if you had to do it all over again, is there anything you would change? And if so, what is it? I'm going to give a couple answers. Mm. One's the, uh, the spiritual answer, which is, no, I wouldn't change anything because everything is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's nothing to regret because everything happened is happening and will happen exactly the way it's supposed to. Mm. Uh, That's something, uh, something to ponder and reflect on. Um, one thing that I could partic- I could think about, um, like I have thought about, and this this is the other answer, which is okay, sure. Let me let me put on my my judging and analytical mind and think about well, how would I change my life if I could, if I had some opportunities to do so, and you know, considering that I've I'm interested in 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 really, you know being more expressive now and in different ways, creative, creatively, maybe I would have done a different major in college. Maybe mm. I would have learned something like psychology or anthropology to understand people better. Um, or maybe instead of spending over a hundred thousand dollars in business school, I would have started a company. Mm. I would have used that money to start something interesting that, I don't know, maybe you opened a restaurant or then something that um, allowed me to become an entrepreneur mm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe had I taken the invitation to go to an ayahuasca retreat back in 2010 when I first had that invitation in the East Coast, that would have changed my life. Who knows where I would have been after that? Considering how much has changed my life now, life now, hmm. um, and that was ten years ago. So I don't know. You know, I could I could play this this uh, this this game of uh, um, it's just mental masturbation. But <laughs> like, okay, what if? Let's play the what if game. I, but sure, fine. Uh, I'm just, I'll, let's 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 stick with the spiritual answer of no, I wouldn't change a thing. Everything is perfect. I'm here where I am now. I'm having this amazing experience, having this conversation with you. And had anything changed in the past, maybe this wouldn't happen. Mm. A deep answer. <clears throat> Everything is perfect. <laughs> there are no coincidences. <laughs> Meditate on that, guys. Um, all right. Well, then, in a similar vein. You know, if I give you a magic wand, what would you change about right now? Right now? Your current situation. Being home, you know, about to be traveling again. Is there anything that you'd mm. like to change? Um, no, I mean, again, everything everything happens for the reason. And the universe has works in its ways. Um, and I accept everything that is. Um, 
I will say my dad's not in the best of health right now. Um, so if I could change that, I could would love for him to not be suffering as much as he is. And that's the reason why I'm here to help him mm. um, with uh, with some of the some of the things he's going through. So mm. if I could be here for a better reason, <laughs> uh, back in San Francisco for a more positive reason, then that's probably what I would change. I see. Yeah, that sounds tough. You know. Yeah. Um, but you know, we'll send our best wishes and hopes because, you know, I think, I think these things do make a difference, um, at the end of the day. So, well, yeah, thank you. Um, well, moving forward from that then, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it sounds like you've had a, a despite going through some big jumps you've kept things a little more evenly evened out uh through planning um but can you tell me about like a moment when you were very afraid and then as you're thinking of that more broadly could you tell me how you deal with fear in life in general I don't know that I've I can pinpoint a time when I've been afraid per se Um, I certainly go through my fair share of stresses and anxieties even having done a lot of of internal work through meditation yoga practice plant medicine going through my own shit Um, but you know, real life fear. I know, uh, you know, I've, I've come to accept that whatever happens is because of, because of the way I've showed up in my life. I don't feel that I, I have to fear anything. Um, it's a bit of a attribution to karma. Hmm. Um, I operate, I operate out of love and the goodness of my heart. And I've, continue to feel and believe that good things will happen to me. Hmm. Um, I meditate, I meditate on that every day. So if I believe that, then I have nothing to fear and I don't even have any fear of death anymore. I want to say that I did before, but I had an experience of complete ego death during a a plant medicine experience (laughs) that, that led me to the realization that, uh, everything is going to be a beautiful, infinite, blissful experience um, in this life and the next uh, and transition. So I don't really have anything to fear. Um, But I will say I do do go through my days of feeling like, oh, well, what, what, what do I get to prioritize my time on? How do I what's what's what is it for me to create like what is my purpose still Mm. like i know high level my purpose is to create joyful experiences and to create healing experiences and to help others recognize the love that they deserve and to feel that every day and to feel that they are able to feel fully expressed um and to to remove the fear 
and self-limiting beliefs that they have. Uh, so that's all high-level stuff. Mm-hmm. What is it that I do to help them do that? And so far, it's been through my work with One Heart um, and through other experiences that I have ideas to create. But um, the way my mind works is, what is it? What do I do? Like, how do I how do I really like make this into my own thing? And that's something I'm still formulating mm. ideas around, and I'm still um, meditating on what it what what is what is my what does my path continue to look like it's still ever evolving the journey continues i don't have uh, all the answers mm-hmm. um i have a few mm. i don't have all the answers and i think anybody who says they have all the answers is probably lying to themselves <laughs> um or lying to the world in in a, in an act of um overconfidence mm. yeah um so that, that's really important to recognize and that that humility, I think, is very admirable um, and also really interesting to hear your perspectives on on fear and like kind of how that interplays with your life. And, um, you know, maybe we'll leave the I know we opened up a big rabbit hole on infinite bliss and afterlife type stuff. <laughs> um, and, and again, in trying to meet our viewers and listeners like where they're at. And I think one other nugget is like the word communication has commune in it, which means to come together over something common. Um, I don't think I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to try to avoid that rabbit hole for now. Fair. And maybe in like a follow up or something, we can go into it for the people who are interested. Um, but what I'd like to zoom in on then is, and because this I think is more applicable to everybody, is you mentioned there are still times when you might be like a little anxious or stressed. And, yeah. Um, that's kind of what I want to figure out. Like, how do you deal with that? You mentioned you do meditation and yoga and you know like how, how how would you how do you work out your stresses and then what do you think could be applied to everybody to help you know process that type of stuff yeah um stillness stillness and connecting with myself i often find that when i do meditate um which i'm still working on a a I don't want to say standard, but uh, like a, uh, a like a like a frequent meditation practice. Mm. Um, I find that all the stresses and anxieties go away. Mm. I mean, there's a reason meditation is uh, is is something that many people do now, and you have apps to help you um, all over the all over the Apple App Store. You can find a few. <laughs> not here to to name names but um yeah just connecting connecting with myself and um allowing for allowing for insights to 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 reach me when i did my my 10 day silent meditation uh course i found that i i was able to to receive a lot of beautiful insights and just um and uh feel relinquished of any 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 burdens and any anxieties that i had so uh, connecting with myself through through stillness, connecting with myself through movement. Hmm. Um, we often find ourselves in our heads during our days, especially if we have, you know, the requirements and responsibilities of work and getting away from that and into our bodies through a practice like yoga or dance. Um, one thing I really enjoy doing is ecstatic dance, um, which is a practice of going and listening to music and 
and and getting into the body on a dance floor without talking. It's about silent movement and complete embodiment of whatever you're feeling. Mm. And that allows me to remove any thoughts, which means removing any anxieties from my head and mm. just like being present to the experience of feeling my body and releasing things, releasing any stresses that may be stuck in the body. It's said that um, traumas are held in the body, traumas from childhood, and any sort of emotions are stuck in the body too. Mm. So um, if anyone believes that, then one way to release those traumas is to really get in the body, start shaking, start moving, and, um, and then you start to feel better. Yeah. And I start to feel better. I love music and I love dancing. And so getting out of my head where I'm just stuck in this, you know, the, uh, the default mode network of processing data and analyzing rational decisions and just like getting out of that and getting into a place where, um, you know, um, I'm, 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 I'm not using that part of my, my body, of my brain, mm. um, allows me to be more free and to mm -hmm. be more present and to get into a flow state, which is really just that, that allows me to produce, remove anxiety and stress. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a lot of, there's been a lot of research around it, around being in flow state, around being more in touch with the body. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna put in a plug for a really great book called Stealing Fire. Um, which is about getting into flow states through different different means and different channels and different uh, different um, techniques. Uh, so that's uh, I, I'd say I'd say that's that's one way. I mean that's mm -hmm. a few ways. I mentioned meditation. Yeah. I, men I mentioned movement, and those mm -hmm. those are ways for me to kind of just get away. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'd say I share a lot of those things too. And in particular, like dance, like dancing, like letting go. Yeah, the music I love is just. Um, but you know, maybe for people who don't have like the, the luxury or the time, like even just a beginning meditation practice, you know, five minutes at the beginning of your day, five minutes at the end, you know, and see where you can take it from there. Um, you know, at least for me and everyone else I'm talking to, including you seem to say that has a massive effect on, you know, uh, call it, you know, reducing the ways of stress, you know, level, leveling yourself out a bit. Yeah, um, absolutely. Do it start in the morning end your day with it. Um, combine that with a gratitude practice. Think about five things you're grateful for before you you go mm. to sleep, um, before or after your, me your nightly meditation. Um, approaching things with that, that, that thought of gratitude. So um, embodying love and gratitude throughout the day also helps and it it may sound a little difficult and challenging like what is it how do, how do i do that but um yeah being appreciative of the small things in life mm. and grateful for it so that along with meditation i think is also quite important awesome these are these are great tools for for people um okay and so switching to the other side of the spectrum we talked about kind of fear and stress can yeah. you tell me about you know either a moment of great inspiration or again, broadly, how inspiration shows up in your life. Mm. Very similarly to the way I reduce fear and stress through meditation. Mm. Or it sounds like we're onto something. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's there's a reason. Yeah, <laughs> the you know the greatest the ascended masters of the world, the Buddha and um, Ram Das and you know whoever you want to you know point to, uh, spend so much time in silence, um, going deep within. It's because it is a powerful, powerful practice to tap into the great source of knowledge um, and wisdom and creativity and inspiration that comes from the source. Mm. Um, and if you're constantly distracted, then you're not connected to that power and mm. you're not connected to the source. So I've gotten so much, so much insight when I'm in meditation, mm. in meditation. I'll just, I'll sit in silence and I'll go deep within and then try to remove thought. And, but, you know, gently, not uh, not like, oh, shit, there's a <laughs> thought. Get out of my head. But, you know, just like let it come. And actually those thoughts actually might be very meaningful. And um, I've gotten so much inspiration of, of like what I get to create and like what I want to do with my immediate short term time or like what are like some big projects I want to work on just through being still with myself and not being inundated with things that I feel like I have to do. Mm. Um, so it's a good it's a good way to get to get back into tapping into creativity. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this is this is great news for everybody because it's the same tool. To and guess what? It's free and anyone can do it. <laughs> and I'm trying to sell you a product so you <laughs> for you to be able to to like to live your dream. Yeah. Everyone gets to do this. Yeah. It's it's quite the opposite. It's like just chill, like sit still, look inward and see what you find. Yeah. Um, great news. Every Everything you need is within you. That's huge. Everything you need is within you. That's huge. Don't look externally. It's all within. We just get to remember it. If we put in the time to do that, we will. Mm. And that And that's really important because it's easy in this world of distractions to not do that. Um, you know, so again, maybe, you know, from for functional advice, start small, five minutes here, five minutes there and, and try to hold yourself to that. Um, and then let it build naturally, but you know, actually doing it, um, is critical. It's yeah. nice to think about, but you got to actually sit, don't do it. And it's hard. It's, it's hard when you fill yourself, you fill your days with things. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Meditate. I don't have time to meditate, but yeah, it's, it kind of falls off. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's important to create that time. Mm -hmm. Amen. Prioritize the meditation practice. Yeah. So, uh, that kind of does like the path look back. Um, you know, we, a couple more sections here. We just want to talk about like kind of like self-building, um, which it's not, we've talked a lot about, but I want to at least say the questions out. So people, um, cause I feel like these are all questions that people are trying to get the answers to. First, you're like, what key character traits do you attribute to your success? And then diving a little bit more deeply into that, like which came naturally and which did you have to develop? Mm. Well, I think I have a natural hard work ethic and resilience to, um, to things that I want and, um, and, uh, a drive to overcome 
obstacles, um, which I think is really just another way of saying resilience. But getting into business school, for example, um, that came with a lot of requirements, writing essays and doing a test and all that stuff. And, you know, that's, it's, a <coughs> it's a big barrier. It's a big block for people to, to do it because it's, 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 a, it's a, there's a lot of work involved. Um, mm. For me, I th- that's something I wanted to do. And I found myself overcoming the challenges that are inherent in that. And, you know, there's, uh, so there's, um, you know, there's, I guess there's natural intelligence and there's also like a hard work ethic and something that I had to work for was, was developing that work ethic. Mm. (coughs) So that ethic didn't come naturally. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's something I, I, I strove for. It wasn't, mm. and it, it, um, it was actually self, self-developed. It wasn't like uh, I was forced to do a lot of things by my parents. I didn't have like a tiger mom. I mean, they wanted me to do well in school, but they didn't like, you know, make me sit in front of a book or mm. play the piano for like five hours a day or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it was all just kind of like self-developed because I wanted, I wanted to do things. So when I, find something that really resonates with me and go and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the second part of your question? So it was, which came naturally and which did you have to develop? And we, we got a bit into that. And I think also you were naturally moving to the next question, which is how do you discover <coughs> your strengths? Right. And you mentioned something that resonates with you. Like, how do you, what is that process like? Mm. I think over the course of, one's life one can discover things that they are just naturally good at and uh for me one thing that i feel has been my superpower has been the power of connection and identifying connecting with people formulating relationships quickly um i feel that i have a very open personality Mm -hmm. and people connect with me easily and I, I I find myself surrounded by very interesting people mm. and I naturally see how their life can be improved or affected positively by other people and so I naturally make those form those connections mm. that's something I developed mm-hmm. that's something I realized and noticed and then developed over time mm. um, and how do you notice this like what's that like like, how do you know something like this resonates with me? This calls to me. What's that feel It'll, for people who might? It's it's just a, hmm. it, it if like I feel a sense of joy from doing it. Mm. Um, I don't. It's it's not something like I, you know, I I. I intention, but it just it it happens naturally because I feel a sense of. Of, of joy and positivity when I when I do something like that and I see that people are benefiting from from what I'm doing and so there's a like a natural reinforcement mechanism because mm. I see that oh okay I did this people really appreciated it it's it's like a it's like a gratitude reinforcement like I, people I do something and people see it and, and they express their gratitude and I'm like okay great that's beautiful I feel good about it they feel good about it. I'm going to do more of it. Mm. And I was actually just doing that 
organically anyway, but something I get to cultivate. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like there's like a non-forced noticing mm-hmm. thing that, so you, you notice like, Hey, doing this thing makes me happy. Yeah. And then you also notice it makes other people happy. So it's like an all win type deal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, <clears throat> I think like any, and, and, and this can apply to any creative outlet, mm. right? If you like to paint or you like to draw or you like to play music, it makes you happy. Like, I hope one isn't doing that because they're forced to do it. Like <laughs> you're doing it because you like to do it and it makes you happy. And then ideally other people appreciate the same thing and they don't have to, right? You can do things for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, what I found resonated with me was um, doing things that, not only made myself happy, but others around mm. me. Um, because I like to spread that, mm-hmm. spread that happiness. Um, so that's, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. That's what I like to do. And there's more I get to explore. That's awesome. And that's huge. Cause a lot of people say like, well, I have no idea like what I want to do or, you know, they, they feel lost or maybe overwhelmed by the near infinite amount of choices in front of them. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the answer is, is, fairly simple it's just what are you naturally pulled towards yeah right without forcing it what are you naturally good at what are you naturally pu- pulled towards mm. and you know i can i can say on the, on the flip side i'm i'm not a natural teacher for example like mm. i haven't found myself having the skill to um you know explain explain concepts uh to uh, uh to an audience uh succinctly so that's um so that that's that's not something I do. Mm. Well, uh, we're giving you a shot at that now. Yeah, and um. I, uh, I, I I hope I hope I'm making some semblance of sense in in, in this in this interview. I but think you are. I think you are. So, uh, but yeah, I think uh, my my point is my point is is uh, there are things that one's naturally uh, good at, um, or things that people are naturally good at, and those are things that that um, if they bring you joy then do more of it. Mm. Do more of what makes you happy. Mm. That's, a, that's a really succinct way of putting it. Yeah. And I think we can close that question out with that and then move to the area that you already naturally moved in, which is on the flip side. Like, how do you learn about any sort of shortcomings or flaws and then follow up? How do you address them? Mm. I think it's uh, fairly... Uh, very simple if you're, if if one's aware of 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 where one falls short, mm-hmm. um, whether it be in work or in relationships, in communication. Let's start with step one. How do you become aware? How do you become aware of shortcomings or flaws? Hmm. Um. It could be. It could be uh, through um, through indications from others you interact with. They could share things, and a lot of people are very polite, and they don't want to they don't want to point out flaws in others. Mm-hmm. Um, but but by 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 noticing by noticing um, where you're, let's say invited to do more or be more of you versus not. And you're, you're seeing that 
the reactions from others are maybe not as uh, not as warm over the course of time because of the way you show up. Mm. Um, that could be one way, um, and it does take some level of consciousness and awareness for mm-hmm. someone to realize that. And I know plenty of people who actually are ignorant of that and continue to show up in in ways that don't uh, <laughs> you know don't 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 support them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how to what the best way to cultivate that awareness is. It, it just for for me, I, I it's sometimes it might take. It might take like a, a very direct, blunt, force mm. kind of hit to the head where someone like lashes out, mm-hmm. and for me, that happened, and I started to become more aware after an experience where someone was just very, very direct with me about how they didn't see me, you know, showing up in the way they wanted. That that was 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 good for them and for the rest of the people i like it someone told me i was extremely selfish and just not not um not um not recognizing of their needs Mm. um and so i had a very you know we only have our own perspective of ourselves Mm -hmm. um and um and we don't know how the people think Mm. right and we can only uh, we, we can have a our a perspective of how other people perceive us, but it could be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so until someone is actually very direct, and it helps to have you know. I don't do. Um, I haven't gone to therapy, but I'm sure that's probably a good way to actually have a different perspective on some of the blind sides um, that you as a person might have. I have done another form of therapy, which is uh, which is ayahuasca, which has been <laughs> called 10 years of therapy in one night. And through that, I've actually been able to realize some of my blind side, mm. my, bli- my blind spots mm-hmm. and notice where I haven't shown up for people. And uh, yeah, I mean, without advocating too much for it, I would say that that's, that's been a really, really pivotal mm. experience in my life in order for me to kind of discover how I show up in ways um, that I could improve. Mm-hmm. So it sounds to sum that up, like um, find out through other people who you care about, you know, what they think. Um, and maybe sometimes it'll come gradually and you might have to notice over time or, you know, maybe a little boiling point. Yeah. And maybe even something like that could be mitigated by just like asking straight up, like, Asking for feedback, yeah. which I think is uh, is powerful um, and often underutilized. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it might not even need to be so formal of like, uh, like especially if it's among friends, right? Like, like, hey, can you give me a performance report? Like, no, but yeah, like, yeah, because uh, you get that at work, right? Yeah, you work in a corporate setting typically, you have like three hundred sixty degree performance feedback evaluations. Yeah. But yeah, with friends, it can be it can be more difficult to just kind of ask for that direct feedback, but um that's powerful yeah if you have the 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 type of friends if you are able to surround yourself with friends who can be that transparent and vulnerable around that's powerful and that's how you end up becoming a a better version of yourself and i think part of it is actually like developing that group of friends yeah yeah having people around you who you get to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. with and around and that way this 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 culture of transparency 
and um, and feedback for personal improvement just happens gradually and normally. Yeah, yeah, that's critical. Is you know finding that you have like a people who will give you that feedback, but with the intent of making things better for the two of you. Yeah. Rather than you know being toxic about it and saying I'm just going to tell you the things I don't like about you to put you down. Yes. You know, there's a very big difference, and so surrounding yourself with the people who are genuinely loving and caring for you and are telling you this with the intent of you know clearing the way to make things better for you two as a unit or a group of people whatever it is um yeah that's huge yeah building building a strong community of people who um are uh are heart-centered and that's just a, a term i use to kind of have this all-encompassing philosophy of 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 bettering each other is is, is super critical and that's what i was able to find hmm. um so super grateful for that that's awesome um, so moving forward from that, um, we kind of talked about, you know, before like fears and things and any sort of stressors, but you know, on a, on a personal level, I'd like to know, you know, what's something that you're like struggling with or, you know, what in your personal life is keeping you up at night right now? And, you know, how are you grappling with that? It's, um, it's figuring out what my next year two years looks like in terms of what do i do for money what do i where do i live you know what am i how do i support myself mm. to be honest because uh, i'm still on this journey i'm and i have different projects that are that are creating an income for me um that isn't the standard steady income that i used to have mm. and uh, you know it's uh it's part of the discovery process that I have um, now to to create to create the future that I want to have. Um, but it 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 comes. It's not easy because you know I'm not really making anything mm. at the moment, um, and uh, and I want to live in abundance. I think we all have the. Uh, as I'm doing the 21 day Deepak Chopra 20 uh, abundance challenge, <laughs> um, we all get to live in abundance and we're all deserving of that. Um, and it's, uh, it's, um, it's a constant process and journey of creating that mm. myself. And I have a lot of ideas and it's, it's, it's all in the formulation phase. Mm. So that's cool. So because the part of it was like, how are you grappling with it? And you just mentioned a phase called the formulation phase. What does that involve? And then what are the other phases? Uh, it's my formulation phase is figuring out how I want to, how I spend my time, how to prioritize the different things that I'm interested in. Mm. Um, and, uh, and feeling into what I get to exert more of my energy towards. And then I think after that is the creation and execution phase. It's just go out and do it. Mm. And, and my, my theme for 2020 is creation, mm -hmm. creation and hustle. <laughs> <laughs> creation I got, yeah. I, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm, s I'm still at the tail end of my discovery formulation phase that I, I 
an intention for myself in 2019 and now it's okay cool i got to do all that hmm. now i get to create for myself right yeah and create that abundance and create the the joy and the in the experiences that I, I i keep telling myself this is what i i'm here to do that's what my hmm. purpose is that's that's really good to hear and, and ties into the next one so when it comes to creating um you know i at least in my experiences, there can be times when I'm kind of like, you know, f maybe feeling down a bit or I'm looking for excuses to not do the thing I know I'm supposed to do. Um, and I feel like a lot of other people run into this as well. You know, this manifests everywhere. Um, and so what are your techniques for dealing with that and kind of getting out of that funk? Well, to be honest with you, I struggle with that a lot as well. Mm. I always struggle with that a lot as well. There have been times during this 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 journey of just like not not having the desire to really like get out of bed, um, and uh, or like not knowing what to do with my time during the day, and you know I think I think that comes comes that goes that that goes hand in hand with like the journey of of, of discovery. Um, but I, the way I deal with that is, um, is, um, again, getting, getting out of my head, feeling more in tune with, with the, with, with the energies in my body, because mm -hmm. that helps me kind of unlock that stuck energy, um, that make me that may make me feel a bit lazy or maybe feel distracted or um, uninspired or unmotivated. Mm. Um, so whether that be yoga or some kind of movement, dance mm -hmm. or exercise, it just gets that stuck energy out of the body moving so that more creative creativity can flow yeah. in my day. That's that's a huge thing to mention. I want to plug one of my good, uh, you know, girlfriends, um, you know, questions to to combat this with was mm. asking yourself, what do my hips have to say about this? <laughs> you know, pretend you're Shakira for a minute. Your hips don't lie. What are they talking about down there? Right. Um, and I actually got to witness this in action um, a few times. And, you know, it, it's that it's that type of concept where. You know, if you f find yourself confused up here, there is a lot going on everywhere else that might have the answers you're looking for. And, you know, you touched on a really important concept earlier, which is like your stressors and or traumas and everything can be stored in your body and like stuff does get stuck there. And if you're not, you know, loosening it up, then there it will stay. Yeah, um, there it will stay. So so I guess just the answer is move. <laughs> 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 breathe and move really novel concepts in this day and age but like you know um stillness breath and movement <laughs> yeah. yeah things we all have access to exactly it's all things are free all things that are free mm -hmm. um cool so that you know there's a couple other questions you know one other one which is like tell me about a time you took a big risk but you know we already went over that which is uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're still in it. Um, so, so we can go ahead and skip that one. Um, and we're going to move on now on to, you know, we're coming up in the last two sections. This one's on meaning and fulfillment. Yeah. Um, and then the last section we'll conclude with is like actionable advice, which we've been kind of interweaving throughout this whole, um, you know, 
interview so far, but uh, moving on to meaning, where are you on your journey? We've already kind of discussed that, but I just mm-hmm. want to throw the question out there. Are we there yet? And do you have a destination in mind? I'm still on my journey. I'm always on my journey. There's no end to the journey. The journey, the journey is, uh, is, 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 is lifelong. Hmm. So wherever I am now, which is discovering my, 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 my passions and my pursuits and my talents and exploring them and um, letting things come to me is part of my journey at the moment. And maybe my journey in five years is building what I've continuing on building on the foundation that I've created, maybe having a family at that point, but it's still part of the journey. So I wouldn't say that the journey ever ends. (laughs) Uh, And the journey continues until the day I take my last breath. So it's always a journey. I treat life as a journey. Um, There's no, there's no pinnacle, you know, like they, there's, there's a, powerful quote that says um the you know the journey is the destination or mm. the destination is the journey i, I forget maybe i'm like saying it mm-hmm. incorrectly but sure. uh, but but one gets it you know appreciate appreciate this constant flow and and uh and, and and journey you're on um if you think about a destination you get attached to that and then what happens when you get there or you don't get there mm-hmm. so um so I treat I treat every day as a as a journey and some just an open space for me to from which to create. Mm. Um, so the second part to your question, you know, is yeah, you've answered it. It was you know whether you have a destination in mind, um, and yeah, then the follow up to that would be is you know do you always feel like you're on the right path? Hmm. Um. So just to go back to the first question, um, the destination in mind is is to be, is to create, um, to be part of this co-creation in the world that that allows this this beautiful, you know, world we live in to live with more, with more happiness and peace and with less suffering and we have a lot of issues happening in the world these days whether through global warming or fires and devastations and um and people acting out of integrity and acting with uh with a lot of ego which disallows them or prevents them from really treating each other with love which is probably why the reason is probably the biggest reason why we are in this predicament in the first place with what's happening in the world. Um, all the natural disasters and things, um, greed, etc. Yeah. So the all destination is really about, um, helping the rest of the world recognize what's really important, mm. mm-hmm. which is, which is that love, which is the only currency, that matters in the universe. And once you operate with that type of love and appreciation, you treat others with respect and treat mother nature with respect and Mm -hmm. treat the earth with respect. And we're going to start to see some really meaningful changes. So, um, yeah. So the, uh, the, the, the end destination for me isn't like a, like a 
you know, concept of a company I'm going to start mm-hmm. um, to solve world problems. I mean, there could be that, but that's just, you know, the high level is to, to create more love in the world. Mm. Um, and uh, sorry, the second question again. All good. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the other one is, you know, do you always feel like you're on the right path? Oh, okay. Do I always feel like I'm on the right path? I, um, for the most part, for the most part, I do. For the most part, I find myself surrounded by people who I um, who inspire me and who also tell me um, who provide provide the positive reinforcement and positive feedback that what I'm doing is is is, is beautiful and who I am is beautiful. Um, you know, part part of like why my essence is is someone who just is by way of being um, like a spreader of light. And, uh, and I, I get that positive reinforcement uh, from others. I feel that way sometimes. I don't feel that way at other times. And even when I don't feel that way, I get that reflection. So yeah, I feel like I'm on the right path. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, part of the path. It's part of the path. It's part of the journey. So I, I'm, you know, there's some, some um, when I get to be aware of it um, and people reflect that, then yeah, okay, cool. I, I, I get to tell myself that I'm 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 still doing the right thing. Mm. I'm still on the right path. Mm-hmm. That's really good to hear. Yeah. Um, especially considering like we are the whole point of this podcast, right? Is you know to kind of guide lost souls and you know explain to them like, all right, even if you are feeling a bit maybe lost, that's still part of the journey as well. And I think it's ultimately empowering to hear that, especially from someone like you, who is like way off the grid um, relative to normal, (laughs) normal societal things, right? Is that, you know, this is normal, even though you're doing something that's really far on one end of the spectrum, like it's normal to feel like maybe a bit like lost or off the path and understanding that that actually is itself part of the journey as well. And, um, you know, giving you this broader, higher level perspective of the journey might, you know, hope will hopefully help people who are in a similar position, you know, and even though when you're in it, it might be difficult to hold that perspective. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, so yeah. Uh, the, the, the ultimate message I'd like to convey is it's okay. Hmm. It's okay to feel, to feel like you're lost. It's okay to feel like you you're not sure of like what's next or what's what's happening, but there's um, there's an inherent trust that I hold in the universe providing and showing the way, and it may not be clear at the moment, mm. but as I continue to operate out of integrity and operate out of love and operate out of this just general philosophy of wanting to create more goodness and joy and healing and love in the world, then the path will light itself for Mm. me. So it's okay to just feel like, okay, no, I don't know what's happening. Should I just go back and like live that normal life again? Like (laughs) get myself a job and nine to five security, (laughs) a nice apartment in San Francisco. Uh, It's like, no, I don't know. No, no, that's not, it's nice. Great. But there's also more for it me that's really good and to hear. uh i'm trusting and that's the best i can do okay that's great so that actually i love how you mentioned 
there's a framework there to trust that despite maybe a current feeling of being lost that something you know greater is around the corner by operating out of this love integrity and um doing your best to spread love and happiness to those around you yeah and again like i uh, i mentioned a book that really Mm. inspired me in the past to to be where i am now and it's called the surrender experiment so that's it's it's about yeah it's it's surrendering surrendering to the universe and surrendering to this like this this the trust that i have um because i operate out of love Mm. might sound a little woo woo um (laughs) and uh i will uh i will happily report back in the future (laughs) (laughs) how that all works out for me but so far so far i've i've uh i've had a lot of beautiful things happen to me and um and that i've gotten inspiration to create so Mm. um as long as that is um is in my is in my field is in my view then that's the way i'm going to continue this amazing Mm -hmm. um then conversely now so we talked about feeling lost yeah let's talk about when do you feel most found like what now we're getting really into it like what makes you feel fulfilled it's when I feel like I make a difference in other people's lives. Hmm. Yeah. So the first thing was when I created that experience at Burning Man mm-hmm. and felt that, uh, saw the faces light up from people and heard the words of appreciation and gratitude for what I and my friends created. And that really lit me up. And that told me that that was something that I got to spend more of my time and energy doing in my life. And then now, as, um, as in my role as a, as a journey director, the journey director for One Heart Journey is where we create week-long transformational experiences and seeing people's lives transform as a result of the experiences we create and, um, and the container we've, we've created for people to, like, really dive in that lights me up too Mm. and so so the any any type of work or experience where i see and even small things like i've been going to parties in bali and painting people's faces uh (laughs) and just creating art on on their on their bodies and they get really excited and they get really happy seeing that and and so it's like that that what i was missing in my last in my in my corporate world life was the the human interaction of people feeling of being like evoking positive emotion from my my interaction with them Mm. and that's what i get to feel now and that's what i that that's what i continually hope to achieve through anything that i do Mm. that's a great target and yeah, that's that's more of what. Well, that's partially why we're doing the podcast. <laughs> it's because I was like, this is where it's at. It's helping other people, um, yeah. and that dovetails perfectly into the next question. Cool. Um, so I meant to do that. <laughs> I, no coincidences. <laughs> Everybody, we are interviewing a Jedi. <laughs> he said it first. Um, so, well, so the next one is, um, you know, I want to talk about intention, which we've brought up a, a bunch of times um you know i ran across an interesting framework 
um, in another cool book called The Law of One, which you may have heard of. Um, and it's balancing, it's, it's kind of talking about, you know, are you serving yourself or are you serving others? Is that, you know, as the kind of like two polarities of intention, mm. the baseline things, is this for me or is this for someone else? Like, why am I doing this thing? And so what I want to ask you is, you know, how do you balance the two of them? And then also, which is more rewarding? Serving others, 100%. Mm. Um, and I think by virtue of serving others, I'm serving myself. So any work that I do, volunteer work or what have, what have you, um, where others benefit from, from, from my energy is also serving me because I feel a sense of, I feel, I feel a sense of, um, hmm, like I just feel good about it. You know, it's, it's why people do volunteer service. It's why people offer their time, you know? Um, so, so if, uh, I, if more people in the world served others, then we'd have a far better world. Um, mm than we currently live in. Um, serving myself only helps, you know, like just, just by like looking at the numbers. <laughs> let's just like be, let's just get back into, f you know, like facts for a second. If I'm serving, my, if I'm serving myself, I'm helping one person. Hmm. Um, if I'm serving others, there are more people to help. Hmm. And, um, and there are benefits to, to serving others that um, may be intangible to me, but it's... Um, at the end of the day, that's um, that's what creates more love in the world. Um, thinking of others and um, and being um, and recognizing that we're all connected. So serving others means I'm serving myself. Mm -hmm. These are yeah deep concepts to to reckon with for people who might not be thinking about it, but I just want to bring up an interesting concept I think they might be more familiar with, which is like, you know, have you heard that you're the average of your five closest friends, right? And you can tell if you pay a real close attention that they rub off on you and you rub off on them. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it starts with like ways of speaking or you come up with a new word or an inside joke, you know, but your, your ways of thinking and acting tend to start converging a bit, right? And you know, that same effect applies across everybody you interact with, right? That's not unique just to your friends. That's, that's with everybody. There is a connection there. And some might be more close in proximity than others, but it's certainly real. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that, again, we don't really talk about uh, that I think is really important for people to come to terms with is that you're influenced by the people closest to you and you have an influence back on them. Mm -hmm. And this radiates out everywhere. Um, so then the question is like, okay, well, how do I want to, you know, knowing this, right? How do I want to approach this? Do I want to approach this with a, what can I get out of the situation? How can I manipulate this person into doing something that I want for me? Or is it, how can I, you know, help them out or, you know, serve whatever, maybe they have something that they need. And like, how can I facilitate that? And another interesting, um, and that's on the far ends of the spectrum, but I also think there might be room for balance in the middle. Cause like if you're, you know, working yourself to the bone, serving others, say volunteering in like, you know, an impoverished area and you're not taking care of yourself, well then suddenly you can't serve others better, right? If you're not getting enough sleep or you're not 
you know, keeping up with your, your practices to reduce stress, right? There's like a balance that needs to occur, I think. That's a very fair point. That's a very fair point. Yeah, I, I, the way, I think the way I articulated my answer made it seem that serving myself is, isn't important at all. But um, but that was, uh, it's important to, to, to understand a distinction between serving oneself for meaningful gain at the expense of others mm. and serving oneself so that you can, so that one can serve others better. Yeah. So there's a, I, I really, I really appreciate the concept of self care mm. um, and serving myself in the spirit of self care, getting enough sleep, feeding my body and nourishing it with high quality foods, um, not doing things that don't serve me. Like I actually quit alcohol Mm-hmm. a few years back um things like that which raise i'm gonna go woo woo again but raise my vibration <laughs> we can go a little woo and frequency um so that i so that i'm i'm operating i get to operate with a clear mind clear head um to be able to um operate best out of service and out of love helps me to serve others better. Absolutely. Yeah. So the intention is to love myself before in order to love others. Yeah. Or Deep. serve myself in order to serve others. The main the main crux of it being that service to others is actually what really is 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 hugely important. But you what mm. you can't do it if you give up everything for yourself. So you gotta fill yourself. You gotta fill your cup first. Yeah. You can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. Um that's that's huge and that's really important to know um is that you know you you gotta there's a baseline that needs to occur with you but like what seems to really make you light up is making other people light up yes and then i also want to dive in a little bit to the woo and and so you mentioned this concept of raising your frequency and you know i found a way of thinking about it from a more i have a technical ish background and upbringing you know born and raised silicon valley Mm -hmm. and um i want to explain what raising your vibration is a little bit or at least my understanding of it is that we as we operate we pay attention to things so many times a second we have you know it's kind of like a screen has a a frame rate refresh rate there's like you know 60 times a second i might be able to like look at something and but if you raise that up if you raise it to like 100 times a second 120 times a second now you can gain a much more in-depth understanding of what's going on around you Mm -hmm. and so that's actually what meditation is trying to do it's like teaching you how to pay more attention to what's going on around you and really experience the true richness of life rather than maybe getting distracted or even lowering your ability you're you know raising your natural filters to things this is allowing you to take more in and then you know that's the intake part of it and then you mentioned the i guess the output part which Mm -hmm. is okay well then you know what do i do with all this input is well you got to output stuff as well and like that's the service to others portion and, and coming from a place of love and integrity as you do so. Yeah. Um, so these are all really important concepts. Um, you know, and, and again, other things, things that aren't really being talked about and that's why they're called woo is because this is kind of a new space for people to experience. And like, I want to just explain like this stuff is, is actually very real, um, in terms of like, uh, the human ability to 
consciously pay attention to something only a certain amount of times a second. I made up 60, but like it could be that. And you can raise that through meditation. And this has been scientifically proven. Um, you know, they've got like brain scans of monks and they light up in entirely different areas and um, much more broadly than like people who don't. And this does produce, um, I would say, if you're operating from a place of love and integrity, better experiences for you and everyone around you, the more you can do it. It's like, how many times a second can I be loving, right? That's a cool way of doing it, right? Like a little self challenge, Mm -hmm. right? Can I be more loving for a second than I was yesterday, right? And and keep that going Um, and just see where it takes you. Like it's certainly, you know, made my life and it sounds like yours like blow up in term in leaps and bounds in terms of like personal relationship abundance um as well as other areas so i like that concept of uh loving per second or <laughs> loves per second like yeah. i think of like f you know like i used to play video games a lot like fps frames per second like okay cool i get that you know the, that metric and love per second loves per second okay yeah let's let's increase that rate there you go (laughs) whatever that looks like let's do it there you go yeah more smiles more hugs yep smiles per gallon baby (laughs) so anyway just wanted to take a quick detour for that um that's a that's a really well well um well articulated way of uh of of, uh expressing that that concept thank you yeah Yeah, it's it's been on my mind for a while um and i hope this serves other people in their you know lives as well that's very well that's why I'm offering it. Um, so yeah, then we, uh, so we we're approaching our last section and, um, but first I want to talk or like finally to close out like the, the meaning section is, you know, what motivates you and gets you out of bed every morning, especially understanding that you mentioned you had troubles getting out of bed sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, What gets me out of bed is uh, is knowing that I have the power within me to create and and to l- like to learn and to create and uh, right now I, I've, I'm I'm doing so much just harnessing that ability just harnessing that desire to um, create beauty in the world I'm learning to play instruments and to create music and um and dev- devising ways not devising ways and it sounds kind of like weird but um yeah i mean you know sort of s- thinking of different experiences that will ultimately lead to this uh outcome of people feeling really good people feeling good about themselves and people learning and people feeling joy Mm. Um, so there's, there's so much, there's so much out there that I get to, um, I get to create and co-create with, um, the amazing high vibrational community of people that I have around me. Um, and every day is a new day for me to, to think of something new to, to do. Um, so outside of the, you know, the different pursuits I'm doing right now, which is in clothing and, um, like sustainable fashion and and music and retreats there's there are other things that through just the conversations and and me being me um i'll you know the like the 
the op the opportunities are endless, right? Like I used to think I was stuck in a box of I studied finance and so I'm gonna work at a bank and do finance and do financy things and run numbers. Like I don't have any skills to do uh, anything outside of that. But now I have the free space to do that. Mm. Which comes with its own set of challenges because it's like, okay, what the hell the hell do I do? Uh, <laughs> and how do I, you know, it's actually kind of nice to have like some 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 framework or you know like barriers to kind of like fill my time with. But but it is beautiful because uh, there's like it it feels to me that my community like my the people I surround myself with are all on a very similar journey and we're all figuring out together. And when that happens, there's uh, there's a boundless opportunity to create something new, to create something beautiful, all for the p- same you know general purpose of like how do we make this world a better place mm. and create more joy and love and healing out of it. Mm-hmm. So that gets me out of bed, and um, it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, and like I, I also want to like try to bring this home for someone who might not have that same type of community and just remind them that, you know, the things we're discussing are entirely accessible within yourself and you can do, and it will be harder and not saying it's going to be easy. In fact, you know, this stuff is much more easily said than done. Like, let's just certainly make that super duper clear for everybody. Certainly. Um, but you know, you do have this internal capacity to love and to with our new metric uh loves per second just try try raising that vibration that frequency of loving per second or per minute you know start where you are right um to those around you and just see what happens and um and again that's accessible to anybody and understanding that you know your situation might be difficult but you know if you want to look at it from a rational perspective like it's probably your best option (laughs) <laughs> it's either that or hates per second or something else right jealousy per second or yeah you know yeah so and it, go, and it goes hand in hand with um with the concept of serving others mm. and so i mentioned before a couple of the really most transformational experiences that i had in my life that have shaped the way i've moved in the world have been ayahuasca ceremonies in Burning Man, and with Burning Man, the concept of gifting is a is a is one of the ten principles. Mm-hmm. Um, for those unfamiliar with Burning Man and how it operates, there is no traditional economy there, where you exchange money as a form of energy in exchange for a good that you desire. Nor is it through bartering, where you trade items of equal value for each other, um, you come with abundance and you gift away. And mm. the what you receive in return is um, is, uh, is priceless in terms of the appreciation, the energy, the smiles, the feeling. You can't put a price on that. And so that's mm. how I've, um, that's I think one way that I have operated um, in the past, year or two with finding ways to create more 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 happiness and joy through just offering things for free mm-hmm. um, and seeing how that 
comes back in, in, in return. And that's a way in one practical way of increasing your loves per second. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I want to be as easy as a smile or a compliment. It doesn't have to be anything physical in nature. Yes. And that's exactly what I wanted to, to circle back on because, you know, Burning Man is a pretty, uh, you know, exclusive-ish experience, you know, and not everyone has the means uh, to do that or, you know, and a lot of people critical of it would say, well, Burning Man is just a bunch of rich people in the desert and they already had all the material abundance they needed before coming and that's why they can give it away. Well, I think it's important to call out, as you just mentioned, that the abundance we're talking about here is not necessarily material. This is on a deeper emotional level of abundance mm -hmm. that is available to all of us. And in fact, I think we're made of yep. um, this huge ball of love that's sitting in your chest. Yeah. And just expressing that more often um, will lead to, you know, both material and, you know, emotional changes around you. Um, so, so again, you know, if you don't have access to that, you know, Burning Man or whatever, right, or any, anything physical, keep in mind, this isn't exactly what we're talking about here. It's just the concept of giving freely. You know, that reminds me of like another good quote. It's like, you know, from one candle, you can light thousands of others. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of how it works internally as well. Um, so that closes out our meaning fulfillment section. We're nearing the end. This is, this is the last bit. Very well structured. Which is, oh yeah, I, I tried to make this make sense. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into some actionable advice. You know, I think we've been weaving this I throughout. I think we've thrown out a lot of actionable advice. Tons. Act actionable advice in there. Yeah. Tons. Um, so, uh, but, but I have a few specific questions, which I think will be very relevant to the listener base. Okay. Um, so the first of the one is like, how do you approach work-life balance? And I know you're not really working or traditionally working, but like, you know, making time for... Yeah. How do you, how do you partition your time? Yeah, that's, that? that's, that's, that's really, that's really interesting. Uh, considering when I was working a traditional job, I had a very intentional approach about work-life balance and made time for exercise in the morning or after work and didn't mm. over commit myself to the work. Um, and now that I haven't been working a traditional job, I am working more of a digital nomad type lifestyle, but feeling that I've got, because I've, I, it's, it's the more of the impetus is on me to create, um, to, 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 to create that, that, that income or any sort of financial abundance. I feel that it's 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 actually a little more difficult for me to have a balance, because um, because I feel more of a responsibility and guilt if I'm not doing something to to create for myself. Um, so I actually struggle with it more in terms of not creating time in my life to let's say do some self care stuff hmm. like sleep more or like do yoga or exercise. <clears throat> so it's always a work. It's, I mean, it's, it's a work in progress. Um, the easy answer for me to say is to just, you know, to, to prioritize the things that will allow me to have more energy to do the things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. Am I doing that right now? Not that, not as well as I'd like, <laughs> not as well as I'd like. Yeah. but, uh, but I was never the person 
I'll say in my life, I, I, I've, I always valued work-life balance. Um, I wasn't the work my ass off in the expectations of a, you know, like, like huge payoff or, or, you know, in, um, basically to, uh, in lieu of having a more balanced life of experiences. I was always one taking a lot of vacation. I was always one taking like, you know, like going home when I could mm. and seeing friends mm. and having the experiences when I was young instead of kick, you know, busting my ass so that I'd have all the money in the world to have those experiences when I was older. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm very much a proponent of work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I think it prolongs life. Oh uh, yeah. I'm with you on that, man. Yeah. Um, and that kind of ties into the next one, which is how do you make time for those you care about? Just do. <laughs> you just do. I'm doing it now. True. I'm doing it now. It's the reason I'm in San Francisco. I have this conversation with you. I made, I made the time, um, for, for a bit of context. I was in Tulum, Mexico. Um, I had just run a, a week long retreat and then I spent some time, rec- um, resting with you <laughs> <laughs> and some other friends in uh Islam Harris in Mexico and I was in Tulum for two weeks and my plan was to kind of continue to travel around Central America but then I got a call from my parents who needed some help so I'm six hours away and a few hundred dollars of a flight difference away and it wasn't part of my plan um but I made the time mm-hmm. now I'm here mm-hmm. so I had to derail some plans and this was and this is part and parcel of the concept we just talked about, which is being in service to others and that myself. Mm. So I could have been like, no, like I'm going to do my thing. that doesn't make sense for me and be selfish and focus on myself. Or I could be more selfless and serve others who are in need and who deserve to receive love. And, um, and decided to follow that. Mm. Beautiful. Okay. We're going to switch gears slightly. Okay. And get into a bunch of things you've alluded to before, um, which is, so politics aside, what alternative viewpoints do you hold? And if that's like too touchy of a thing, like we could ignore (laughs) it, but it sounds to me, I know you pretty well. This is your time to plug any sort of, Woo. <laughs> um, I'm going to plug the two things that I found the most impactful to me in my life, which is um, Burning Man and Ayahuasca. Not that Burning Man's a viewpoint, but um, <laughs> open-mindedness. Um, I encourage any and all forms of free expression and open-mindedness and creativity. And I found that that has been a really pivotal experience in my life in terms of getting out of the normal confines of society and really feeling free, really feeling like the inner child in me gets to play, Mm -hmm. um, really expressing myself as, uh, as unbounded as possible. Um, and along with that, you know, there have been, um, experiences that have opened me up. So there's non-traditional ways of relating to people 
um, open relationships that I think is becoming more of a common thing these days um, where, you know, the idea of loving more than one person, I mean, that's more of polyamory, but like hmm. just being open to um, connecting with people um, outside of a traditional one-to-one male-female relationship is, uh, <coughs> I think, has a lot of benefits. It can be very challenging, but in part of that, it can be um, really rewarding in terms of creating a dynamic of vulnerable, open, transparent communication. So mm. there's a lot of, uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, like uh, ancillary benefits to mm. something like that, which can be very triggering or jarring to some. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, opening up, just being, just just exploring, exploring other ways of discovering life outside of what, you know, like the, the societal conditioning or familial conditioning has taught us. Mm. And one other thing, you know, psychedelics. <laughs> psychedelics <laughs> opens ourselves uh, up to a whole new world of possibility. It quiets the default mode network, the rational mind, the logical mind. It creates more um, neural pathways for creativity, for us to be able to rewire mm. um, our brains to believe different things, to believe in the world of possibility, to understand where we come from and oh. to recognize what is the most important thing in the world, mm -hmm. which I've alluded to a few times, which is love. <laughs> I also want to caveat that with responsible psychedelic usage. Thank you for that. And um, I also want to, uh, and if you want more information on that, there's plenty of research online, set setting, so on. Yeah, um, of course. I, re I highly recommend reading Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind. Seconded. That's huge. That's, that book is amazing. Um, Who is, I think, has done a really great service to society in terms of um, being a well-respected um, author to mm -hmm. start with and who isn't, you know, someone who calls himself a psychonaut or um, does things irresponsibly who he, and has been able to communicate the you know the benefits but also in a in a very real way mm -hmm. um of what what kind of really powerful experiences um responsible psychedelic use can uh can result in people and how it can heal trauma mm -hmm. and how it could um be therapeutic mm -hmm. and um how it can really start to change people for the better yeah and, and i'm gonna plug mm. one heart journeys as part of this which is the organization <laughs> i've been part of for the past year um that um that's been really powerful and i've seen and part of the reason i continue to be part of this organization which has really been meaningful in my life is because i get to see the transformation that happens mm -hmm. in people after they go through a transformational life experience um, sitting with a, an ancient modality, a plant medicine that, um, that has the power to really heal the world. Mm -hmm. 
That's great. And well, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to dismiss that. That is awesome. I'm fully behind this. Um, as you're aware, um, it just, we have accidentally skipped to the last question. Oops. Um, so, <laughs> um, I remember guys, I'm sitting with a Jedi. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're, uh, yeah, I've, I've I got to the where I am because I, I like to I like to I like to look ahead. Yeah, do no psychedelics and you could read minds. You've heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Um, totally kidding. Again, please responsibly use Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind. That's a guy who really meets people where they are. He is an incredible communicator. He used to write about you know the economy and farming, food and food. Yeah. And then he the went. The Omnivore's Dilemma, amazing book. Mm-hmm. Has a series on Netflix called Cooked. Just really passionate person about everything he does, and now it's been psychedelics yeah um and so so moving on from alternative viewpoints um we've got three more questions that we already kind of did the last one okay. so i want to go off a little bit more in the challenging end now and ask yourself how do you challenge your own beliefs and develop new perspectives by constantly being curious by asking questions all the time by consuming information as much as possible that um, isn't always consistent with the things that I've been not conditioned or led to believe, but what I did, what I, what, what has been, uh, what I've been, uh, um, what I desired or what I, what I, what has been shared with me. So, um, I don't. I don't always seek it out, but you know, when I when I encounter a different viewpoint, I'll I'll. Um, I'm not one to dismiss it. Mm -hmm. um, I always consider it, um, and in the world that we live in these days, of. Uh, I'll never profess to know everything right uh, or or whatever information that i hold is 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 i don't i'll never profess that to be the truth because i i, I firmly believe and i think this comes from uh like a um a program i won't i'm not going to say which one but there's information out there there's knowledge information that falls into three buckets there's information you know there's information you you know you don't know and there's information you don't know you don't know um and that third bucket is probably the biggest mm -hmm. <laughs> of all of, of of the three buckets uh and so i i'm always open to accepting different viewpoints because there's certainly things that i know that i don't know mm. so yeah it sounds or like I, that actually that I, that I don't know that i don't know <laughs> yeah 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 i think i've seen that represented as like uh nested circles before yeah and it's like the things you know are like you know the size of your fingertip and the things you know you don't know are like you know this yeah and then everything else is like it's the rest of the room right yeah exactly <laughs> it's or like the rest of the world um but yeah so it, it's not just to if i were to summarize it it sounds i think like, you actually shared <laughs> with me like a really fascinating map of the 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 concepts and theories and ideas out there in the world that i had no idea about oh yeah yeah it's 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 nuts um so that that that's a but, very yeah good yeah but anyway sorry i don't want, I don't want to dive into our 
uh, stuff for our viewers' sake. I wanted to summarize this actually real quick. Yeah. It, it sounds like there's a few aspects here. There's one understanding that you don't know everything. No one does. Yeah. Um, so this humility, right? Uh, two openness to new things mm-hmm. that are coming your way, new ideas, and then uh, three, which I'm kind of plugging in here. It sounds like discernment yeah. needs to occur, which is like, okay, do these reconcile with my past beliefs? Like, who is telling me this? Like, are their intent? Do their intentions seem good? Do they seem to know what they're talking about? Right? Like, is this true? Yeah. Right. And then, then you know, working that in. Um, so yeah, so there's a framework for people. Um, and all right, cool. So that's the hard part. Now we'll get onto like a couple, well, here, here's like another one. This is again, for the benefit of our, uh, viewers, you know, what advice would you like to offer anyone who's like younger, maybe just beginning their careers or paths, or even like, what would you tell your younger self as you're about to come out into the world and do things as an independent person? Um, follow your greatest joy. Mm. Follow your greatest joy. Don't, um, you, you can do the things that your parents or society tells you to do, you know, get that job, you know, um, do the things that, uh, are practical, but, but do so, do so if you are able to also make time for yourself to follow your greatest joys and whether that's, uh, you know, it's singing or, or creating art or whatever it may be. Um, make time for that, make time for that in your life. And maybe, maybe it's not right. Maybe it's not the right time to like jump all jump, you know, fully into whatever that is because you still have to pay the bills. (laughs) You still have to, you know, to, um, balance that root chakra. Um, but, but yeah, like make time, make time to, to, um, to, to find the things that light you up Mm. and, um, over time that will, uh, that will reap great, great dividends. Mm. Um, yeah, don't, don't live your life. Don't live someone else's life. Don't live a life of misery because someone expects you to do something or told you to do something. Um, you can honor that, but also honor yourself. Mm -hmm. Powerful advice, powerful advice. Okay. And then finally, this is the official place to bring awareness to any causes or projects, you know, anything you'd like our viewers to be, you know, aware of, which it sounds like you've already plugged one heart journeys. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe, is there anything else? There are a lot. Um, let's go with like top two. <laughs> top two top two top two yeah okay cool well i've already spoken a lot about one heart journeys really changed my life amazing people created a beautiful amazing tribe of 150 to right at the moment growing global people of different ages who have come together to find more of themselves and discover what really is um the guiding force that helps them understand how to 
uh, live their life with intention, motivation, and purpose. Um, check it out. That's all I'll say. Um, there's more you can do if you're interested. Do you have a website? One Heart with a one, number one, heart.com. And are there any other ways for them to connect? Is that the best way? That's uh, that's uh, that's the best way to gain a high-level understanding. Uh, I can be reached at Salman, S-A-L-M-A-N, at oneheart.com mm-hmm. through email. So I'll... Uh, that's uh, I'll leave it to that. I'll leave I'll leave that there for my plug for One Heart Journeys, um, week long ayahuasca journeys with other modalities, integration program in amazing places like Costa Rica and Mexico. Um, apart from that, I I mean I think there are a lot of other resources. Um, uh, well, I mean I'm, I'll I'll plug I'll plug the pasana too. You mm. know it's been um, it's been powerful. I, I'll, I'll plug another c- a couple causes. Um, mm-hmm. Vipassana and ecstatic dance. Mm. Two things that are probably much more accessible and lower cost than, um, than a week-long retreat um, in, a, in a beautiful uh, Central American country. Uh, Vipassana, if one can take 10 days, um, is a powerful way to really get in the habit of meditation with a very powerful technique Mm -hmm. um to reduce suffering and um and it's free it's actually donation based so when you go uh you don't actually pay a thing you find your way there you have lodging and food already covered for you and at the very end if you feel like you've got something out of it if it was a powerful experience for you then you have the opportunity to donate back and so it's, uh, again, it's, it's all in spirit of service mm. to others. And everyone who works there who provides this program for you is a volunteer. So really beautiful experience. And then um, just because I love, I love getting in the flow of dance, um, ecstatic dance, which is available in many cities globally. Any major city, you're able to find it, Google it, ecstatic dance. But it's a beautiful way to like get out of the head into the body and um, and uh, dance out all of the all of the stresses and anxieties that may reside in the body, and just connect. And you're able to find I've at least for myself I've found a beautiful community of people who go to these events. Um, and if you're struggling to find um, people who I've described it resonate with me, maybe resonate with you if you're listening. Um, that's a good way to find out. Uh, I'll share one um, one anecdote. We had someone on our, one of our One Heart journeys who was from St. Petersburg, Russia, and she had such a transformational experience through our retreat but was afraid to go back and find that there wasn't going to be anybody who understood her after her spiritual awakening. Mm. And we encouraged her to go to ecstatic dance, and that existed in St. Petersburg. And um, you know, that's the type of event where you would find the type of community who um, who gets it. Wow! So that's truly to the corners of the globe. Um, St. Petersburg, Russia. Yeah, right. St. Petersburg, Russia. Jesus, second second largest city in Russia. Well, um, so these are amazing causes. I, I for one, can attest to ecstatic dances' awesomeness. 
Um, it's, it's, yeah, everything you just said, big, big endorsement from me. Um, also one heart journeys knowing you and, um, Tim, like, please, please check that out. If that's something that you're interested in. Um, and then Vipassana's I haven't done. Um, but you know, to, to resummarize, that's a 10 day silent retreat focused on meditation. And it seems like a great way to kickstart, uh, your way into it. And, um, yeah, all, all amazing things. You know, I think everything you talked about here, well, I, I hope everything that you talked about here will resonate with our, our listeners and viewers and, um, that, you know, they really take the time to, to dig into a lot of what you said. Cause I think it's, it's really deep stuff that you're bringing up. Um, and again, this is trying to address the problem that we're all wrestling with, which is like, what the hell am I doing here? And like, where do I find <laughs> fulfillment and meaning? And like, yeah. um, you know, these are some really unexpected or I should say rarely talked about techniques, um, that anyone and everyone can do to begin coming at this great challenge of life. Yeah. I think it, it, it all, it's, it, it really, it, it can be a lonely road to find purpose and meaning and community really helps. And I will say, um, that part of my intention for what I want to create in the future is revolves around creation or creativity, community and, um, co-creation mm. or yeah, creativity, co-creation and community, which is just, you know, don't, don't go at it alone. Find other people who are like you mm -hmm. so bounce ideas and feel supported. And, uh, that's a lot of the things I just mentioned, um, have that, yeah. have that part of it. And, and to piggyback off that community stuff, use our Facebook page, Reach and Reflect. And you can also reach us directly at reachandreflect at gmail.com. And, you know, it's still a work in progress, but we're, we're going to do our best to kind of foster community at that level as well. Oh, we also have a subreddit. Um, <laughs> so, so check that wow, out. Wow, already. Um, yeah, yeah. Well it's, it's, it's all being spun up, um, all with the idea of developing this community, even if it's not necessarily in person. Um, where we can have discussions around these episodes, the concepts that we talked about and um, really get everybody to, you know, come together for what feels like a greater purpose of helping each other reach their highest calling. Yeah. Um, and with that, uh, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a true pleasure. Um, and we will, we'll do a follow up for sure. Cause I'm really interested to see where your story goes next. Beautiful. Thank you, Derek. And if anybody wants to connect with me, there's, I also forgot to share. I have an Instagram, which is at the dot Shalman S H A L M A N. Um, where you get to follow all the things I'm doing in my life, my world travels and anything more. So thank you. De thank you, Derek, for having me on this. It's been a pleasure. This is actually my first podcast I ever done. Um, and, uh, I, you know, in the spirit of sharing my truth and sharing my story, um, and being more vulnerable and transparent with the world, this is a beautiful way for me to, 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 to honor that. So thank you for the opportunity. Well, you're very welcome. Yeah. And